What are the key financial mistakes junior doctors make? In today's episode, I discuss seven tips I wish I knew before I started my healthcare career. My name is Dan. Welcome to the Passive Income Doctor podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast is for entertainment purposes. Nothing here is financial advice. Please speak to your trusted professional advisors. Views expressed by podcast participants are solely their own. Today, we discuss what I wish I knew as an intern doctor. This applies also to those starting out in their career, such as a new grad nurse, a newly graduate physio, or anyone working in the healthcare sector. My experience has been shaped by working in New South Wales, so please note some things may vary between different states. So let's start. Number one, check your payslip. The amount of colleagues who didn't check their payslip I thought was quite staggering. So check the hourly rate is correct, the hours are correct, including rostered and unrostered over time. If you have any questions, I would ask. I remember I always asked medical admin or the HR person if I didn't understand something on my payslip. Other things to also check is your ADO balance and also annual leave, sick leave balance and also superannuation as well. So number two, I would say, is put in good savings habits early. I don't particularly like the term budgeting, but definitely have a cash flow analysis, looking at the income coming in and the expenses coming out. That way you can see how much surplus cash flow you have each month and you can set aside money for investments. For example, you might have a goal of saving $40,000 to invest and if you're saving $4,000 a month, it will take you 10 months. So let's discuss common expenses. Rent. Now, you may be starting working at a new city or moving out of home for your first time. Rent is probably your biggest expense. So things to consider include living with your parents, if you and your parents are agreeable, of course, have housemates to share the costs or rent something smaller or less flashy. Registration fees. This one is unavoidable, unfortunately. Food. Um, so you could meal prep instead of eating out all the time. Often when I was working, I found that when I had not prepared meals, the last thing you would want to do after a long shift is to cook. So it was very easy to just default to eating Uber Eats or grabbing takeaway. Another expense would be courses and self-education. Now, these are necessary to further your career, but... Sometimes there might be discounts or sales, for example, if you sign up to them early and self-education expenses may be tax deductible. Another expense is transport. Now, you might not have much choice but to drive, especially if public transport near where you live or work is not great or even non-existent. However, in terms of cars, lots of doctors, including junior doctors, attempted to buy you know, sports or luxury car, often the cost is equivalent to a house deposit. So I think with the opportunity cost of money, it's better off to invest in assets and later, once you have more assets and more cash flow, to then consider the luxuries then. Number three financial tip would be consider salary packaging. Now, I can't give advice on your personal circumstances, so definitely speak to a financial advisor. Uh, 
But basically, what is salary packaging? You can set aside part of your income as pre-tax dollars and use this to spend on living expenses. At the time of recording, $9,000 of your pre-tax income can go towards approved personal expenses such as groceries, mortgage payments or rent or car payments. Also, you can have a further $2,650 salary package as a meal entertainment card for eating out. Note in New South Wales, half the tax savings are given to the employer organisation. So something to consider. Tip number four is to do overtime or strongly consider to do so. When I was working as a junior doctor, lots of my colleagues did not want to work weekends or public holidays. Sunday pays double time. Public holidays you effectively got two and a half times. So I was more than happy to pick up some of the shifts um, and a lot of the time there was always someone that had to give away shifts or try to give away shifts, whether it be from um, family reasons, you know, have a birthday party to attend, etc. Now, I did find it challenging doing these after hours kind of resident work at times, but it was a good clinical exposure too, which also helped to improve my clinical skills. And in regards to overtime slash weekends, locum doctor rates also tend to be higher on, you know, night shifts and also public holidays. Number five, don't forget about your super. So many people, myself included, don't take superannuation seriously enough. I guess it could be due to the fact that you can't really touch it till you hit retirement age, but still, it's your money. And you should be educated on it. You know, look at the performance of your fund, the five and 10 year performances and compare it with some other funds. Also, look at the fees and how they compare. The performance of investment returns is not guaranteed, but the fees are guaranteed. In general, industry funds have lower fees than retail funds. Talk to your financial advisor for more information. Tip number six, insurances. This includes income protection, total permanent disability or TBD, trauma insurance, life insurance, and of course, your medical indemnity insurance. I'm glad I got income protection insurance when I was an intern doctor. It is cheaper when you're younger and you know not yet developed medical conditions as these can exclude you from getting insurance later on or at least massively increase your premium. In some instances, there might be exclusions for pre-existing medical conditions, such as mental illness, um, which talking to some advisors is um, definitely a high number or proportion of claims. Income protection in the past was more robust as well. You could select a guaranteed monthly amount to be paid out till you were, say, 65 in the event of a claim. However, recent industry changes means the payout would only be based on the last 12 months preceding a claim. So, you know, this could be an issue if you went on annual leave, uh, um, parental leave, and also the policy terms only last five years, while the policies in the past were guaranteed renewable. Now, medical indemnity or MDO insurance was free as a medical student, 
But once you start working as a doctor, you have to start paying. So it makes sense only to have one MDO insurance. So get a few different quotes, but also check what the differences are in terms of what they offer, not just the price. Finally, number seven, think of your career. So you're entitled to have professional development leave in all states, I believe. However, anecdotally, it can be quite difficult to get it approved by your department um, or medical admin department. Try to see what steps you can do to get into the specialty training of your choosing. If, for example, you have the experience and you can reduce by one year the time it gets into a specialty training program and finish fellowship, that would mean you're earning a consultant salary one year earlier. And this could be quite a significant amount. This podcast is not specifically about career and training and interviews and things like that. But of course, some tips would be to seek out mentors, work on your CV early and do the relevant training courses. To summarise today, some financial tips for junior doctors. Number one, check your payslip. Number two, put in savings habit early. Number three, consider salary packaging. Number four, consider doing overtime. Number five, don't forget about your super. Number six, insurances. And number seven, career planning. Now on to the Mindset Minute for today. Today's Mindset Minute is from Brian Tracy. The ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is the indispensable prerequisite for success. So thinking back when I was in high school and getting quite dismal grades, I remember finding out I was in the bottom 10% of my cohort. I preferred playing games, listening to radio, etc., rather than focusing on studies and homework. Eventually, though, I thought to myself, to achieve great things, you need to delay gratification. I had the goal of getting into medical school, so I cut down my leisure time and increased my study and my efforts. Even during lunch breaks, I sought out mentors. I researched the different medical schools and the entry requirements. And eventually my hard work paid off. I ended up in the top 5% of my cohort by the end of high school and was able to get into medical school. Another example was when I was an intern doctor starting on the $60,000 salary. I wanted to boost my savings for investment. So I picked up pretty much all the weekend shifts that my colleagues didn't want. I thought to myself that this was a you know, short-term pain, but for long-term gain. And with the overtime money, I was able to supercharge my savings, which allowed me to get into my first investment property, which has gone up $400,000 since I bought it. So the ability to discipline yourself to delay gratification in the short term in order to enjoy greater rewards in the long term is the indispensable prerequisite for success. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. Please take a moment now to hit the subscribe button and share the podcast because this will help others benefit also. So until next time, keep taking steps to improve your financial health. Thank you.